Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, you got myself here and my co-host Brian Gold, BG. and our uh, you know very mysterious and wonderful new guest Shervine. Well welcome done, that was epic. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, I like mysterious. Appreciate you hiking out here. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite the trek through Babylon, but we made it. Didn't We're get here. kidnapped along the way, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't stop in WeHo, so oh, so you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Strange times, but I know this area pretty well. You know, my uncle lived in um, up in the hills in Encino. Okay, and so that wasn't too far from here. So I, you know, I spent a lot of my childhood in the valley, and I'm Persian, right? So I had cousins here and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Diego, so LA was just like you know, it's a two-hour drive. So I know this area pretty well, and um, it's good to be back here. What in has industrial slump? What has better <laughs> uh, Persian food out here or San Diego? uh my mom's house okay my mom's house trumps it all uh there's a spot in uh glendale called rafi's yep you guys familiar okay yeah. so that was that was our spot that we used to go to like on sundays especially after like crazy after hour stuff yeah it's great <laughs> that place was always packed at it's night always, yeah pop. so it's still going yeah oh yeah okay. they do you know, hookah inside need to go to rafi's no hookah no hookah they used to do hookah la county got rid you can't have hookah but they used to do yeah. hookah, right so i remember going there and like eating and like chilling out and stuff yeah I'm good they got rid of the hookah. Yeah, that's kind of blasphemous. I'm, yeah, I'm not like a, a, yeah. a huge fan, but I do remember like the late nights with that, you know, when we were younger and shit. So Yeah. Yeah, I could do without at a food at a food like restaurant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those hookahs are, you know, they're filled with so many volatile compounds that you don't want while you're in the process of eating. And so um, I was always, you know, all my friends loved hookah. That was like a thing for us, you know, growing up in the 90s, kind of that, that whole vibe uh hookah was this whole thing in san diego that everyone was just getting obsessed with and uh this wasn't really my vibe especially the middle easterns how do you feel about vape it's worst ever you know unless yeah. you're unless you have like really built-in stainless technology and uh, stainless steel technology and the material you're using is you know combustible properly it doesn't have weird propylene glycols and other things like that but at the end of the day you know vaping is not the best ever no matter what it's funny, uh, uh Armenian friend of mine that I used to work with, his dad, uh, Pops, as soon as he seen people vaping, his first, his first, like, he said, huh, he said, he said, idiots, that's, it's like, it's a walking pneumonia, like, you're literally inhaling water vapor, he's like, into your lungs, he said, this is stupid, like, immediately, his mind was just like, oh, this is a really fucking bad idea, this is not good, this isn't like regular smoke, this is like, that's liquid, and you're, in, and it's going in, and, you know, and it sticks. Majority of those guys use propylene glycol to suspend 100%. it, which is so uh, and then like and obviously if you're early in any type of like advancement and and you know medical stuff, it's usually a bad place to be. You know, like you're getting all of the guinea pig type of uh, you know the worst of the worst because nobody really knows what or the effects of it are. We're all getting guinea pig right now. Yeah, in general, but this this whole this whole realm that we're in right now, this mechanistic material world, yeah. is a big guinea pig you know network or trial run from the lighting systems to the artificial air to the food systems the water supply to the emf to the radiation i mean we don't know what we're playing with we can postulate and maybe even have some scientific data but we don't know what we're getting ourselves into and that's why we're you know we need to snap out of that you know if we want to be a healthy society and we want to go towards those directions so vaping is just one big it's, oh, yeah. it's just like okay really we're gonna we're gonna turn this chemical compound into a 
um, an, an unsolid state and put it into our alveoli, which is where life begins in the human body for the yeah. most part, where hemoglobin and oxygen intersect to give us, you know, whatever we need to s sustain and survive. It's the lungs that are actually so precious because it's the fastest way of getting information into our body. And it's where we detox too. Most people don't realize the breath is where we cleanse of multiple, you know, different types of gases and that were that are building up metabolic waste and things like that. That's why breath work and Qigong practice and these things are so powerful. It's not just putting you into like a quasi psychedelic state or a theta state. It's actually cleansing your body. And so if you're filled up with all that gunk in there, you're not exchanging properly and you're not releasing properly. It's just it's the worst ever. So did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like semi aware, but that was never heard it so eloquently. I, I tried to be eloquent there. I was, I was a little choppy, but no, it was great. The fastest way of getting a drug or Anything, chemical in your body is yeah. through the lungs. Yeah. Faster than intravenous. You know, that's why, you know, you smoke cannabis. It's almost instantaneously or anything else that people smoke. So anything that people smoke yeah. or pe people are showering in hot water in municipal water. And they don't have with thousands of chemical they don't compounds. Have home filtration or any of that. So let's talk about how our biggest organ is our skin and, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we're being exposed to are through us touching water and, and people aren't really aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, the skin is an organ. Um, it has its own microbiome and it has a particular pH and that pH needs to be at a specific level, depending on, you know, your climate, your hemisphere. And if you're constantly violating that because, you know, unbeknownst to you, you're putting on crazy creams and you're putting all this stuff on and, you know, you're disturbing that pH, that pH then gets dysregulated. And now your protection against all of the stuff we're dealing with. And, and by the way, we're talking about, you know, the design of the human body was designed to protect us for, you know, thousands of years ago when you, we didn't have all of this stuff, this exposure that we yeah. have now. So now we're destroying the microbiome of the skin and we're being exposed at the same rate. And you, that goes cross collateralized with the microbiome in our gut the microbiome in our mouth, which is a huge conversation, which is something that I'm really big on right now is oral health. And this is the first line of defense. And this is the root cause of most disease. Actually, we're, we're starting to understand that more um, through the studies and, and getting to learn the body more on an epigenetic level. Um, but you're referring to like dental work, root canals, correct. all of this stuff, all this stuff, things that we're not supposed to be taking out, but we've been like, we don't need this. Your, our teeth are connected to meridian points yeah. that go throughout our body. That's not just Chinese medicine. That's understanding how the human body works. And we're, we're yanking wisdom teeth out. We're doing root canals where we're killing the nerve, stuffing it up. And then leaving it. And leaving it. Decaying. Which is necrotic in the mouth. Yeah. You have a constant dysregulated immune system because it's constant inflammation in the mouth. This is an anabolic area. There's so many things happening on, you know, like we're chewing food, we're breathing, saliva, the acids, the pH, all of that stuff. It's hyperbolic in there. And so you have a decayed, you know, molar back there that's just completely rotting that body's inflamed. You can be doing all the epic stuff, all your green juices, all your cleanses, enemas, all the things. Um, and the whole time you're, you're failing miserably in your health and your body's in a constant fight flight. Cause at, at the end of the day, we're talking about a dysregulated system. We want to be in harmony. We want to be rejuvenated. And these things are asymptomatic. Like for example, I had my four wisdom teeth pulled when I was 21. Me too. You too. Yeah. Right. 
it was impacted. It was, uh, you know, our, surgically, surgically. Yeah. And they, you know, they get in there, they pull that shit and they sew it up and they give you a little bit of ice and some Advil, mm -hmm. right? That's common standard operating procedure across the board. And this is a unique phenomenon to Western civilization. This was never happening before like this. They knew that you don't, you don't mess around with stuff like that. Now I was asymptomatic, meaning I never noticed that there was any issues after I had my wisdom teeth pulled, but every time I do psychedelics, something was telling me there was something wrong here. Right. Which is interesting because psychedelics, most of them like, you know, psilocybin, psilocin, lysergic diethylamide acid, LSD, they bridge to the 5H2A receptor site, which then connects parts of the brain to be able to go into other zones a lot easier. It's more of like a flat line as opposed to when you're sober, for example, you have to really like put yourself into that thought or that mode. That's a very unique aspect of how psychedelics work. And so every time I was on, you know, some type of medicine or some type of experience, which I do very um, ceremonial, this is not something that you do leisurely. Yeah. Um, I would really feel that something was going on in my jaw and uh, all all quadrants. A lot of tense. A lot of tense. Yeah. And, and it was heavy. You feel it heavy. Yeah. I, I know. Sorrow. Interesting. Karma. Like I was feeling karma there. Like I was it was like it, sometimes it would get so I'd get so miserable and I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Finally, I was like, I had it. And so um, Dr. Valerie Cantor, she's one of the top biodentists in the world one of my best friends, she sits on our board. Um, she's out of Beverly Hills. I, was, I just hit her up. I'm like, I need you to look at my mouth. So she did a cone beam scan. Cone beam, if you haven't heard of that, everyone needs to get a cone beam scan. It's a 360 imaging of the jaw and the mouth. It goes deep, deep, deep into the, the bottom layers of the jawbone. And as soon as she took it, she came to me and she's like, holy shit, you have four infections in your mouth and look i was asymptomatic you know i had no pain no discomfort no swelling you know no migraines nothing like that and uh underneath where the wisdom teeth had been pulled infection had burrowed in there and everyone who's had their wisdom teeth pulled has cavitation it's almost like 99 percent. it's impossible mm -hmm. because things get in there yeah and you're not supposed to have that gap in your jaw um if you're gonna get a tooth pulled, there's a way of really properly doing it where you're regenerating that gum, you're filling it with calcium silicate. It's a whole process and it's you're creating like a dam, so to speak, and filling it up where there's no room for pathogenic things to get in there. And so I immediately had cavitation surgery like within two weeks and um, that was intense. They went in there and Clean literally out. cleaned the whole thing out, I swear to God my mind, my heart, my inner ecosystem, my ability to tap into like deeper parts of my soul just completely opened up. I had a awesome. cathartic release, cried for like two days. So much trauma was stored in there. You know, we're, we think we're just like, you know, you know, physical and matter, but there's so many things happening in us and around us. And these things are tuned in in our body, especially trauma. And trauma tends to go to places where there is, um, you know, there's a resistance and there's not a pass through like energetic imbalances and things like that. That's why people, you know, get cancers of the colon and get certain areas because um, trauma gets stuck in those areas. And that's why it's so important that we're lighter and, you know, we're not eating heavy foods and, you know, our bodies are not heavy and all those things. We're, we're moving a lot. We're not sedentary. 
And so um, that was just, you know, we just organically went there. But oral health is foundational for all things. It starts with that. It's our first line of defense. I said that earlier, you know, all all pathogens we come across, you know, if you don't have the right pH and microbiome in your mouth, it's just getting right through you, getting into your gut. And then at that point, you're, you know, you're just your hydrochloric acid and maybe some bacteria strains are going to are going to help you. If not, then you have H. pylori. I mean, go on and on. It just yeah. it just keeps coming. And we're exposed to so much that, you know, we, we need to be vigilant with our defense systems. And it's not being scared. It's not living in fear or confusion, but it's not being in denial. And that's a big part of not only my my nomenclature or my lexicon or my my word magic is that I'm really like, okay, I want to be tuned in on what's happening in my reality. I'm not I'm not falling back and letting things just happen. At the same time, I'm also in a level of surrender energetically where I'm not tight. Right. And I, I tell I explain that to all my athletes, everyone that I work with, is that there's a unique balance that you need to find, you know, just kind of like flow like spring water. Spring water has purpose. It's coming out of an aquifer two miles underneath, but it's also it's also comes out when it's supposed to come out, right? There's something to that structured in that sense. Whereas well water, for example, is not ready to come out. We dig for it. And so there's there's ways that I look at nature to mimic how I want to live my life. Going back to dental um, and the time of cosmetic dentistry yeah, um, and veneers and all of these things, like all of that stuff is obviously a really bad idea. Terrible idea. For your, you know, your overall health, right? Yes. Yeah, so if it, It's You're just like teeth and exposing things and then capping them and, you know, stuff is getting in there. What's the good analogy for that? So imagine you like cars. You guys yeah. are into cars. I like I like cars. Um, what's your favorite car that's over three million dollars? Don't tell me a Bugatti. Or we're gonna have to get Ted here. Over three million. Over three million. GT forty. Yeah, a real GT forty. Okay, GT forty. So let's say you allocated one of those and you picked it up brand new from the dealership, and you're driving on PCH, and all of a sudden, six check engine lights come on, and the car is making funny noises. You'd be pretty crazy. To, to ignore that and put, you know, duct tape over them and put headphones in and keep driving, right? Mm -hmm. You'd probably immediately pull over and have them bring a, a, the right kind of flatbed and get that directly to the dealership, mm -hmm. right? Your life, your life, our children's lives, our children's lives are infinitely more valuable than any supercar, hypercar, Object whatever, infinitely, yeah. right? Can it put a price over that? But we are, we've been doing that with our health, our bodies forever. I mean, this is, this has been happening for a long time. Our body's screaming to us. It's crying to us. It's giving us the signs. You know, we're getting things are appearing in our eyes. They're appearing in our mouth. They're appearing in our skin. We're getting pain on our side. We're getting, um, you know, cognitive issues. We're forgetful. You know, we're, we're in frustration. We're in sorrow. All of these things are signals that the body is telling you. And instead of going after the, the rectification of the system, we are trying to block all of those aha things that are telling us and we're masking everything. And so with cosmetic dentistry, look, I'm not judging anyone that wants to look beautiful and appear beautiful and have, of course, part of living is feeling wanted and desired. It's part of the cosmic law, you know, 
attraction is real and I don't know if we need it, but it, it is the dynamic yeah. of this 21st century model. And then going back into the Renaissance period and times before, you see it, a you see it yeah. right? There's something to that. My whole thing is, and we'll, we'll get to it, but the causality of taking care of yourself as a beautiful body and a beautiful figure and a beautiful face, it's not a direct reason to do it, mm. right? Just like money, the same thing, doing what you love, abundance comes with that. And so with cosmetic dentistry, it can get out of hand. I've seen a lot of people take infected mouths and literally just shave stuff down, polish it over, and throw veneers on top of it when the entire mouth is infected, and you have gum disease and periodontal disease, and that literally goes into ulcers and you know IBS and all the autoimmunes you can imagine. A lot of autoimmunes begin from you know doing a disservice to the mouth, and so cosmetic dentistry, just like all the other cosmetic stuff that we're seeing right now, it's full on. I mean, we're we're in what we call the aramonic impulse, which is the the age of hypermaterialism, where hypermaterialism has taken over the purpose of our souls incarnate in this body. And wow. that's that's something that my spiritual guidance teacher, Dr. Rudolf Steiner, put put together in his cosmology about 120 years ago. And that I, I've been influenced with his cosmo, cosmo perspective since I was a young child. And to be honest, in, in full transparency, it's through that lens that everything that I am today stands on. It's that root, super sensible awareness of this life outside of just material and outside of just spiritual. It's the bridging of those two worlds to find balance. It's heavy. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but true. Yeah. It's, you know, it sounds, it sounds like it could be heavy because the density of our world is really apparent. Yeah. You know, if you look at our systems, they're falling apart. Yeah. People are struggling. All systems. All systems. Mechanical, are... engineered, electrical, all of it. Everything. Yeah. Everything's antiquated. And when you have humanity that is just trying to survive with these systems falling apart, you have our health, our connection to our purpose, our connection to our family literally like just completely falling apart we're literally heading towards a cliff with no breaks and um you know i i again i i have two communities i have a community that is like you know this is the cosmic giggle you know like this is just part of the unfolding why even care about this stuff sure i mean just just go live your life be in the jungles you know have some kids um you know, become, you know, become one with that, that type of reality and shut all this down. And then there's the other one that's like full warrior. I'm all the fuck in. I'm, I'm a martyr. I'm going to do everything I can to just be part of some kind of solution. If I can just snap one person out of their illusion, out of their pain, then it's worth it, let alone, you know, millions of people and yeah. ultimately hundreds of millions of people. And so it's, uh, it's heavy. Um, but it's also the greatest mission of all time. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm yeah, here for you. And and we have the ability to touch that many people with technology these days as well. Yeah, which is the the double edged sword of technology. Exactly. Right. Technology is interesting. It is. You know, it's uh, misused. It's it's a menace, and we see. It's completely misused right now. Yeah. You know, the the fear porn and the um, escapism virus is real yeah you know and it gets I, us all too oh 100 percent. yeah yeah we're i mean we're 
we are, we, you know, AI doesn't have to come in with a neural link and implant it into our cortex. We are now partly operating through an AI system. Yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is most people don't know how to get from point A to point B unless they put it in a, some kind of, you know, GPS, mm -hmm. right? They don't know how to read maps anymore. Don't know how to read maps, don't know how to relate, don't, haven't properly developed faculties that are necessary to be human beings. Right, which is why you know one of my big pillars. If you said you've you've been around my um, content for a few years, yeah. teach a child how to grow food. Mm -hmm. You couldn't come up with something more critical for the development of that child than teaching them how to grow food. And it's not. And, and so Rudolf Steiner created biodynamic farming, also Waldorf education, and those two bridge very importantly because. His goal was not to create the most mineralized food, but biodynamics makes organic look like a glyphosate ridden catastrophe. Biodynamics is putting your entire ethos, your entire soul, the, the, the waxing and waning of the moon, our constellation, bringing the sacred cow to the middle of the farm, closed loop system. So nothing's coming from the outside. It's all self operating. And then the love and spirit of human being as a steward of that land into the food. So you can understand the food is a little bit different, yeah. right? So his goal on all that was not to create the most mineralized food. His goal was to create the connection between the human and the earth, the steward of that earth. And you teach a child, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, five or six, seven, when they're in theta brainwave, that level of connection to the earth and how difficult it is to grow food. And they're eating that food that they're growing and putting their blood, sweat, and tears in. You create a completely different human being. That human being is evolving into a totally different human being than a child that was never given the opportunity to be around that. A child that's reality is stuck on social media, that's stuck on room service, that's stuck on DoorDash, that's stuck on whatever the hell, whatever's irrelevant today. Because that child just didn't have the opportunity to, to understand what their connection is and how important their part is to play. And that is missing right now. And I think we're in generation loss right now where we've lost that through the last three or four generations. It, I mean, it, it completely corroded during the baby boomers. And then you had the following generation of that. Then you had the 80s, right? And so I was born in the 80s. And that was the mechanistic material Madonna world, right? The material girl. That's when you had all the different you know, stock, st you know, Wall Street and businesses and corporatocracy started coming together. And, you know, Groups were running around like a chicken with its head off, head cut off, destroying the entire environment. You had massive materialism and all that stuff. It was just, you could see it in the music, you could see it in the genre, you could see it in the style, it was total chaos. And then the 90s was about trying to like recalibrate. And then there was the, you know, the responsible global warming mo movements and all that stuff, which looks like it's a lot of, you know, hearsay stuff. <laughs> right like we don't even get into that but it's there's just it's just we're it's so crazy what we're living in right now it's a joke that's why we're part of it's have the best time ever we're overwhelmed with information yeah with choices um the anxiousness that we're all feeling obviously day to day is like well yeah i mean you're being bombarded from every direction with too many choices, too many things, too many worries, too many, you know, um, you know, people are latching and looking for something to be centered again. 
like you're saying though, but to give the opportunity to a child to just, even if it's just the patience that it takes to plant a seed yeah. and see it through its, its life as a, you know, things that most people are not capable of or missed. It's hard for people to take care of houseplants. They don't, their, they don't have the time. to. Do in that. their defense, houseplants are, are kind of tricky, but, <laughs> but you would think less is more, right? You know? And we're always trying to do things, you know? I'm actually a cultivator, so that shit makes a lot of sense to me, you know? Oh, cool. And everything you're talking about with, like, biodynamics and stuff, it's it's uh, it's pretty apparent. Even in cultivation of cannabis, you can see that uh, people ask, like, why, if I do the same thing and I use the same recipe and I use the same genetics, why is it different? And I say, because she doesn't necessarily fuck with you like that, right? Because whatever your energy you're bringing into the into the room is not the same, and it and it equates differently. And it's interesting because I would say that you would think that you know, karmic law would say that good people make better stuff, but that's not necessarily true either. Whatever the life essence is, you can find that there's some really shitty people that grow and cultivate incredible cannabis. Whatever it is that they're bringing into the room with them, the plant is reacting to. I'm a big believer in that, though. It definitely is is something that is, you know, equated and noticeable, like at scale, even across the, this becoming a, a, you know, a corporatized uh, agricultural business. That was a beautiful analogy and one that I've used quite often. Yeah. You know, I've I've been a cultivar of cannabis for 15 years. I mean, we have farms up in Rogue River, Southern Oregon, and I've just been around that plant for a long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, plants like sativas and, and things of that nature and ayahuasca and other things like that. Um, even a fern, a fern in your house, mm -hmm. like there's a, there's a documentary called, um, the secret life of plants. Yeah. Right. Where they actually tested if a plant is emotionally responding to a human's thoughts. Yeah. And this was a study that they did, I believe in the late seventies. It's phenomenal. Watch mm -hmm. the documentary, read the book. And there's so much subtle energy out there that we completely forgot about it because we yeah. have these crazy technologies that are pretty much like magic, if you think about it. The fact that we can, I can FaceTime someone. It's yeah, witchcraft. big time. And it's using crystals and yeah. metals that are burrowed in the earth for a reason mm -hmm. that don't belong in our pocket. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother subject. Dude, I've been going so deep on cobalt and lithium, some of these exotic metal, metals, iridium, these things. It's, it's insane that we're playing around with this stuff that people are driving around in these cars I have on a, a block of lithium. Oof. I have a know. Tesla and I can feel it, bro. Of course you can feel it. That thing is connected to a power vault and you're moving around and it, yeah. it's hitting off radiation towers. I told him. And you got your balls there. What did I say? I told him, I said, I said, I can feel it when it's charging and I can feel it when I'm moving around. And I know what it feels like to get shocked because like I said, I'm a cultivator <laughs> and I know what it, it's like to have electricity run through you, you totally. know? Yeah. And, uh, and I said, I can feel it, bro. I can feel the hum. You know what I mean? I know what the hum feels like. It's something that like, I'm very in tune with because it's been a big part of my life for 20 years, you know? What are you, and I, what are you I can doing feel about that it? in the Tesla. But what are you doing about it? Nothing. Why? Which is, which is terrible. Why? Um, Why? I don't know. I guess out of sight, out of mind, right? Like, like, no, but it's not something. out of sight. It's you're, not out of sight. I am feeling, feeling. You're feeling yeah. it, right? You're right. And so is it a lack of 
the impulse reaction or the intuition to make a change? What do you, what do you think it is? I think I'm just distracted, bro. Okay. I think it's easier to just keep like, going it? on through the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, oh, I noticed this and then uh, I'm over here doing this, right. picking up kids and going about this, you know? I right. think that we're like ever more distracted and so uh, detached from like our purpose and what's going on, you know? Yep. I mean, this is this all comes back to why we need time alone. We yeah. need time to cultivate our own magic and really speak to our inner doctor and build our own faculties. Because when we're just surrounded with so much chaos and so much energy, um, you're just kind of like, oh, tomorrow or, you know, and then all of a sudden weeks become months, months become years. And then poof, you know, we're what, what did Rumi say? We're drop in the ocean of time our life in these bodies are so short are so rapid in the context of it's not you know, a timeline it's just yeah and we're it's just just like that yeah i remember being you know 12 the other day it's Me like too. yeah it's like whoa like exceedingly faster as i age do you know why our perception of time changes for sure do you know why no. This is a postulation. I haven't like, I, yeah, I can't, I would love what I'm analyzing. I know that this is existent because I can feel it. Sure. And I understand it. You know, everything took so long when we were young. And right. As time expands, it's definitely exceedingly getting faster away from us. Right. Go Absolutely. Ahead, please enlighten 100%. Me. 100%. And it speaks onto that. So, <laughs> so I'm Persian. Our New Year's is the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. Same same new year structure as most ancient bloodlines and ancient ancient cultures same uh you know same s structure as steiner's anthroposophy it's the same thing it's spring is the new year especially northern hemisphere and we're we've been on this gregorian calendar yeah okay it's, it's trash it's, it, it's beyond it trash. Make any sense. it's trash for so many reasons yeah it's literally dismantles our free will as sovereign beings where every moment is hyper presence. This is our life right now. We're stoked to be here right now, alive, breathing, having this conversation outside of any concept of yesterday or this weekend, whatever weekend means, or this waking day, or this morning, all this word magic bullshit, or this holy day, or this whatever it is, that's all an illusion. That's all erroneous. None of that's even here. It doesn't even exist. But the calendar has stripped us from the presence. And as you get older in this material life, you go from age 10 to 20, 20 to 30, you've been on the wheel longer. And the longer you're on the wheel, the more you're accustomed to the wheel and the more the time space continuum just basically shortens. And you're, you're literally in a situation where life is blowing by you and especially if you're in a community that's realms are revolved around weekdays and weekends and scheduling and this person's birthday and your birthday and all that stuff so now you're just kind of stuck into that that hyperbolic state without even realizing hey i'm breathing right now let me catch my breath you know we've forgotten to breathe yeah you know, that's another thing. I People come to me all day long. How, share, I mean, how do I cleanse? How do I detox? What do I do? Is it this exotic thing? No. Are you breathing? Do you actually take time to do two or three diaphragmatic breaths a minute as opposed to breathing 40, 50 times? And we're all mouth breathing. 
You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so, so I, I brought that back into the equation because of presence, the calendar system, sports, movies, all of this stuff, which is great entertainment. It's distracting. It's completely removing us from our present. Not only is it, you know, most of the conspiracy theories are, you know, all of this is distracting while, you know, the deep state's doing whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. Sure. That's, I'm not, that's, yeah, yeah. I don't that, even try to go down that right. far because that's very well something that's even more rudimentary that's in front of us. That's that it. Like more important. That's it. Yeah. 28 and, days, 31 days, 30 days, complete off balance. None of it makes sense. 52 weeks, 12 months. Yeah. Four weeks a month. That's 48 weeks. How the hell? Where's 52 weeks? Exactly. The whole thing is, 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 is you don't want me to go down that rabbit hole. Well, that's the whole thing. There's 13 months. Everything is perfect, right? That's right. 13 months makes a perfect schedule. That's right. So there's an extra month that we're not being told about. It's a, and, it's, it's a hidden ends. I mean, every month starts on the same day, ends on the same day. It's a complete balance cycle and it has to do with the moon phase and the way that everything actually works on earth. But we're operating on a 12 month schedule with all types of different days and a leap year on a shifting hourly schedule based off of whatever. <laughs> In some places, half the year. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> My long lost brother. <laughs> yeah, it. The more you can disorientate a population, the more you can control them. Yeah. You know, the more that you can flood them with fantasy and Hollyweird and all this fantastic nonsense about our cosmos. And I can't go down this route, but I'll just say, what if we don't even know where we are? Yes. Okay. Like, like what? Why can't we have direct observation and really come to like an awareness? Like we don't even know where we are. We're just trusting. We're trusting. And science is not supposed to be dogmatic, but science has become the new religion. It's clear. Scientism is, is a new religion. It's a new founded religion. And it's just trusting. Founded in what? Well, it's founded in, in hyper materialism, industrial okay. war complexes, industrial revolutions, corporatocracy, the science. Oh, the science says this. Science says that. The science says this. That's Pink ever, ever changing, ever changing constantly yeah, and redacting and, and reinventing. And yeah, it's basically some guy's observation and statistics that was funded by some person or entity. Yeah. Which is completely irrelevant right completely irrelevant and it's theoretical it is and it and it might be worse than theoretical it might not be benevolent it might be malevent yeah theoretical and and based on what i know about science if you're not operating or practicing the scientific method it's not science yeah. the scientific method means you're going to keep testing and keep testing and keep testing and you have no desire for that outcome you're just taking data data and you're using real math not illusionary bullshit statistical analytics. I'm talking about real fundamental math and you keep testing, you keep testing and you never stop testing and you're never so 100% sure. And that that takes a, a level of non-egoism that is cultivated in beauty and love and art. And so it's good to meet artists because I think at the end of the day, we're, we're missing art. Yeah, We're missing awesome. art. This whole realm can evolve you know, within the next 20, 30 years, if we all find the artists within us and and tap into that. And I'm I'm every day I'm tapping into new levels of art within myself. I'm finding new levels of inspiration and love. Just in the last like three, four months, you know, something has come upon me and I'm really evolving as a being. And I'm I'm letting myself out of the conditions that I had set forward within my own framework. And 
the only constant I know is that I'm never going to be the same. And I'm always going to be this constant evolution. And that level of awareness creates such a deep level of trust within myself and self-love. And if you don't have self-love, you're not going to get up early and rise with the sun. You're not going to ground to the earth. You're not going to drink spring water. You're not going to mineralize. You're not going to do the things that are going to support you. You're going to keep denying those things and putting them off because you're not in self-love. And this is not to get into the, this is not a complex of ego. I love myself. No, no, that's, that's materialism. We're talking about you honoring your body and honoring your heart and your mind and your soul and your ancestors and saying they went through hell and back to get me here. I know mine did. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this life roll over me. I'm going to fucking grab it because I'm worth it. And the more people who practice self-love, the more it's going to be the more people that are not depending on someone to come save them because nobody's coming to save you. That's an illusion. You have to take this life into your own accord. And that's the only way. And that, that energy becomes like osmosis. It, 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 it starts to become infected around the people around you. And that's the infection you want. Yeah. You want people honoring themselves and taking care of themselves. Because if I can meet you with my cup half uh, fully, not half full, full, and you're full, then just think about the synergy that can happen yeah. versus the vampiric energy or the parasitic energy that is notorious in our realms right now, yeah. where everyone is just trying to get a piece out of someone. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know it. This is subconscious behavior. Yeah, this is subconscious. They know not what they do. You That's know? right. It's, it's like it's That's very. Right. Yeah, they're just just trying to get to the light. You know. Yeah. Through anybody and anything. Yeah. But they're without in creation, survival, they're in survival. Yeah, it's it's tough. And yeah, yeah. Until you really know, like, you are confident in your path and the creation that you're making or giving to the world. It's it's a it's a strange space. Absolutely. What led you down this path or started you on this journey? Karma. This is my soul's journey. You yeah. know, I don't think it was one thing or another. Of course, I, I chose the right family, in my based on my observation because I'm from that family, um, and then I was brought around really powerful mentors at an early age, and I had the um, had the ability to extract the child out of me and see things as an adult pretty early. And what I mean by adult is just the relative like craziness of the world you know yeah. and and it's you know it there there's beauty to that but there's a lot of pain to that you know when you're nine ten years young and you're being taught that the banking system's a fraud the medical system's a fraud the state-sponsored school systems don't have your back this is an indo- indoctrination the food systems are destroyed the soil's shot i was learning that at age nine and ten well you know and this was your family teaching you or this was my cousin david wolf david avocado wolf mm-hmm. and then from there david ike mm-hmm. and um and just then go, going into the waldorf and understanding the fundamentals of what true life is all about there was such a stark contrast to the city i grew up in you know in san diego and la jolla yeah beautiful place beautiful place but just you know materialism disconnected all of those things. And so I, I saw that at an early age, at 12, 13, 14. And then understanding my culture too, like understanding where my parents come from, were from Iran, that I was the firstborn son from in that entire lineage that was not born in Iran as, a, as an Iranian, as an American. This has never happened in my entire lineage. Thousands yeah. of 
grandpas. I'm the first one. And why was that? Why was I not born in Iran? Oh, there was a revolution revolution in Iran that, you know, America and a couple other countries had their part to play in it. And there was corruption and all this fucking bullshit. And then right then, you know, at that time, Desert Storm was happening. And, you know, I was 11 when Desert yeah. Storm happened. It was I was 10. It was 91. Yeah. And then um, yeah, I'm 81 too. So we're the same age. Yeah. Same age. And so I it just it just like it just it, it was it was wild man i i remember i was like and then, and then i remember tupac came into my world i was probably 13 when i first really started getting into tupac i listened to me against the world and um you know that brother just spoke to me you know and he spoke to a lot of us a lot of us persians in southern california and our and afghans a lot of people in the world in general a lot of people in the world but just in our my micro yeah. you know realm that guy was speaking to like the oppression and the pain and there was this like romantic connection to my shadow i always had this connection to this dark energy that wasn't like diabolical dark but it was more like i liked to be in this like in the mystery of what the pain is and as i got older and i started learning my astrology and my human design and my gene keys it all started to make sense so my my human design is i'm the investigator i'm the anarchist and the martyr it's like coded within my astrology and this isn't horoscope stuff this is this is deep genetic profiling through looking at some of the most ancient vedic and iching operational systems blueprints to when the sky where the sky clock was when i was imprinted yeah and i believe in those things those things guide me for sure um there's science behind it and um so just being being 14 15 16 with that level of awareness you know it, it put me in a place where i was like fuck the world i'm a revolutionary i'm you know i'm all in this and that to the point where you know it drove my family crazy and my dad had to come talk to me and said you know what you got too much talent there's too much going for you just let this go for a while please and I saw that look in his eyes and and my dad was my best friend by the way I, I had the I had the best dad of all time I know I know I think all, a lot of us did and so um, I listened to him and uh, then evolved out of that anger and that rage and then uh, entered into a, another zone of my life where I it was about business and crushing it and I got into the material world a little bit and then at some point had a major life breakthrough had a near death experience. And here I am today after, you know, let's see, nine years ago, I had that near-death experience. And I've, you know, built this, um, this whole, like, movement. And I'm not trying to be the most famous person in the world. I don't do any weird stuff on social media. I was never a social media guy. I'm not, I don't have tactics to blow my account up. I just put raw information, whatever is generating in my soul, I put it out there. And uh, it led me down the path of wanting to change the the game of health. And um, here we are today. I've gone through trials and tribulations. It's the last nine years has been so difficult in so many ways and so beautiful. I, you know, we both walked our fathers home, um, which changed my life. You know, and put so much pain into my purpose, like, you know, pain where you don't even want to live anymore. You know, and because of the guidance and the teachers that I have and the connection that I have to God, 
I was able to get through that and put that all into what I love and what my father I know is here with me in me is wanting me to do. And so I hear speaking to you fine gentlemen today under that type of consciousness and that, that seed of existence. Beautiful.